Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, hello, Cove Church, and happy Easter. So glad to be with you on this uh, celebration weekend here at Cove Church. You know, the, the song you just heard um, really speaks to a powerful dynamic, that God constantly is wanting to reveal himself to us. And I know that's hard to imagine. Yes, God wants to reveal himself to ordinary, imperfect human beings just like you and I. The God of the universe wants to show us more of who he is. Yet often I, I, I think we'd agree that we only see glimpses, don't we? I don't know anybody who feels like they see all of who God is all the time. We, we in life have, have high points and low points. We have times where God's movement seems to be so clear, it's just obvious. And then there's other times where it seems as though God is shrouded in fog. It's hard to see past the obstacles. It reminds me, uh, a few weeks ago, Paula and I, we were at some meetings in Anaheim, and so we spent a day together in Disneyland. And, um, and it was without kids, which is really the way to do Disneyland, by the way. Just don't bring the kids way better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure once our grandchild is here, that will all change. But this is a fun way to do Disneyland. We're getting to the, towards the end of the day, and, and it's about an hour from when the fireworks show is going to happen. And so we decide we're going to sit at a table there at the Holly Jolly Cafe, which is in view of the fireworks. And so we have a table and chairs, and we're eating and, and resting there. And cast members come through, and they say, folks, if you're here for the fireworks, we just want you to know you're not going to be able to see them very well here. The view is not going to be good. There's umbrellas that we can't move. There's trees that we can't move, and the people are not going to move. So it's, it's not going to be easy to see. Just, just want you to know that. Now, we knew that sitting there, but we stayed. Because when you have been at Disneyland for 14 hours straight, it is often better to have a good chair than a good view. So we chose the good chair. And from there, we watched the show. Trees blocking, umbrellas blocking, at times multiple lightsabers blocking us from the view. It wasn't perfect. It was not obstacle free, but it was still great. We still got to see those elements of the show that were so wonderful and beautiful. And perhaps my favorite moment was a moment that was towards the end of the show where the music began to build and the fireworks grew into this beautiful resolve right on the downbeat and then there was this pause. And you wonder, is it over? Uh, is that it? Is, it? is it time for us to, to leave? And then you hear it. The music begins to, to build again and the fireworks start out low on the horizon but get increasing in height. The crowd begins to be swept up in the moment. The lightsabers are swinging wildly. The children are laughing. The parents are crying. And then an explosion in the darkness. Oh, dwarfing all that had come before. The conclusion to the story. The kiss goodnight. The grand finale. It was unmistakable. But that was only clear at the end. The life of Jesus is a lot like that. Uh, leading up to that very first Resurrection Sunday, 
Up to that point, it had been glimpses, really, of what God was doing, obstructed views, limited understanding. But Jesus himself is the grand finale of God's story. Jesus is the epic conclusion in the story that we call the gospel. And, and that story is, is essentially this, that, that God's son Jesus would be born of a woman, would grow up and live and teach and do miracles and, and challenge the status quo of the religious elite. And because of that, he would be crucified by them crucified these, by these folks that were supposed to know all about God, but that was the problem. They knew about God, but they didn't know God. So they crucified Christ. But Jesus allowed that to happen. Jesus willingly gives his life for all people, including the very ones who were nailing him to the cross. Jesus allows himself to become the complete, the absolute sacrifice and after that, his body is placed in a borrowed tomb. And right there is a gap in the story. Uh, a lot like the gap in the fireworks show. The three days from Friday to Sunday, a gap where everybody is wondering, is that the end? Is that really how, how this is going to finish out? Is it time to get our strollers and go home? Is, is, are we done? Some of his, his closest followers did that very thing. They went back to fishing. I guess we'll just go back to fishing now. I'll go back to our families. They were filled with uncertainty, filled with doubt. They're, they're saying, we, we thought Jesus was the one, but he's gone. Major disappointment, major confusion, major fear. But what they didn't know is they hadn't seen the grand finale yet. They hadn't seen the end of the story. It, it was a pause, certainly, a, a time of wondering, yes. But those questions, all those questions, they were about to be answered. And you can see it building as Sunday comes and one of his followers, Mary, goes to the tomb and she realizes that the, the stone that covered the tomb, it's, it's been rolled away. She's wondering, did, did, did someone steal the body? And so she, she goes and she gets Peter and John and they, they race back to the tomb and, and, and they realize that it's empty, but it's not as though it was ransacked or, or robbed. No, the grave clothes are like folded nicely, purposeful. It's obvious that something more planned is going on. Mary is overwhelmed and, and she goes outside the tomb, but she stoops to look back inside and it's at that point she sees two angels. <laughs> you know that because they're real shiny. That's how you know it's angels. And they say, why are you crying? Her response is, well, they've, they've taken away my Lord. <laughs> I, I don't know where they've put the body. And then she turns around and she sees someone else. They're standing there. She she thinks it's the gardener. And this supposed gardener says, who are you looking for? Well, I'm, she says, I'm looking for the body of Jesus. Did, did, did somebody move it? If so, can you tell me where they put the body? And then that supposed gardener says her name, Mary. And Mary, her eyes are open and Mary says, teacher, is that you? 
yes, Mary, it's me. <laughs> Go tell the others, it's me. I'm alive. And the grand finale ensues. I mean, if, if, if we could see, if we had eyes to see into the spiritual world, the sky at that moment would have been filled with fireworks. This is no gardener that you're looking at. This is God. This is no landscaper. This is the Lord. This is no arborist. This is the Alpha and Omega. This is the resurrected one. Jesus is alive. <laughs> and that is what we celebrate on Easter. That's what everything we do, all this, all this party, that's what this is all about. That in that moment, amidst all their confusion, all their uncertainty, all of the fear of the last three days and, and the many years before, Jesus comes and simply says Mary's name. And Mary's response was, oh, now I get it. Oh, that's what's going on. I understand. Now I see. I wasn't sure what you were doing, God. I was so afraid. But now I see the whole story. I see the whole truth. And that all became possible when Jesus said her name. Guess what? Jesus is calling your name today as well. I mean, that was always God's plan that would be revealed in this grand finale, that God would defeat death not just for himself, but for all people, every person from every background and every color and every age and every story, that the same God who called Mary's name calls your name. And he can call your name because he's alive. And because of that, as much as this is the end of a story, it's also where another story can begin. And that is the story of you and Jesus, where Jesus calls you by name and you answer. And you see Jesus come alive in your life just as Mary had this moment where she finally went, oh, that's what you're doing, God. Jesus wants that same moment for you. That as we stand in full view of the story of Christ, we would begin to trust God to write the full story of us. A story that we could never experience without Jesus, that the resurrected king would offer to you a resurrected life. You say, well, I don't know who could possibly resurrect this life. You don't know my life, but if you did, you'd see it goes way past PG-13. Okay. Well, guess what? If there was someone I would trust to resurrect my way past PG-13 life. I think it would be the one who proved that he could do it by being resurrected first. You say, yeah, but Jesus, Jesus is perfect and I'm not. My life is so far from perfect, so far from what I hope to be, so, so much less than what I know God intended for me. Okay, I'll give you that. Jesus was perfect and we're not. I agree. 
But get this, as part of his perfection, that means Jesus would never lie. Because if he lied, he wouldn't be perfect anymore. So if Jesus said it, then it must be true or he would no longer be perfect. And so here's just two of the many promises that Jesus makes regarding eternal life for us. Here's the first one, John 4, 14. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Then John 10, 28, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. That is some really good news given to us by the one who would never lie and who proved that he could defeat death by rising on the third day. And there is, is one word I would just love to highlight from those passages we just read. And it's this word, give. Jesus said, whoever drinks the water, I give them. I give them eternal life. So Jesus is giving. How do we receive? Here's how. I can think of many kids' birthday parties, including my birthday parties as a kid, my kids' birthday parties, their friends' birthday parties, all of them that I've been through to through the years, birthday parties, they all have a similar format to them. Basic format is the same. You invite a bunch of kids, you hop them up on Mountain Dew and Walmart birthday cake, you give them some type of activity. Uh, it's, it's usually in the backyard. Uh, it might be a squirt gun battle. It might be like pool noodle, like, you know, crushing each other with that kind of stuff. It might be duck, duck, goose. If you're really fancy, maybe it's a bounce house. You know, really fancy people do that. Okay. For an hour, the kids will be bouncing around the backyard like a nuclear reactor just going crazy out there. Meanwhile, the parents huddle for safety inside the house. That's what you do when you're a parent. You're scared to enter the fray outside for fear of a stray Nerf dart or maybe a, a line drive kickball to the midsection, okay? But at some point, a parent will, will say to whoever's in charge or, or a parent who drew the short straw will have to go out and say this to the kids. They'll say, kids, it's time to stop running around and let's go inside and open gifts. The birthday girl or birthday boy will then come inside with all their friends, be seated in the middle of the living room with everyone circled around them. They will put their hands out and they will receive the first present. They will open it. They will turn to whoever brought that gift and say, thank you. That is how you receive the gift. And friends, that is how you receive the gift of eternal life. Now we stop running. <laughs> we stop thinking, if I could just clean up my life a little bit more, if I, if I could just stop being distracted by so many roads that I know lead nowhere. I finally stop running around the yard. I finally put down the Mountain Dew and I finally go inside and I open my hands and I receive a gift and I say thank you that you let yourselves be found and be found by the one who made you. 
that we would simply receive the gift and say, thank you. See, if there's one thing that marks the lives of people who have been found by Jesus, it is this ongoing and deep gratitude. Thank you, Jesus, for giving everything for me. I can't earn it. I can only receive it. And yes, my life still has challenges and it still has pain. But with Jesus, not only is he with me in the struggles of this world, but ultimately Jesus overcomes this world. All because I receive the gift. And that gift, like a seed, it grows in our life and it actually changes who we are. That Jesus wants to offer us life to the full in this life and for eternity. And Jesus is offering that gift to you. Will you receive it? Um, I'll wrap up with this. The, the other day it was Paula's birthday. And so for lunch, we took her to a Mexican restaurant. Paula's here in town. And it was raining when I, we were pulling up. It was raining hard. And so I, I dropped her and Isaac off at the front doors and I went and parked in the parking garage. I got out of the parking garage and it's, again, it's raining hard. So I'm running across the street uh, to get into the doors of the restaurant. And, and I'm moving fast and I open the doors to the restaurant. I'm running inside. And just as I'm passing through the doors, going inside the restaurant, trying to get out of the rain, uh, I, I notice behind me there's, there's a couple of, of older women that are moving towards the doors as well. And my first thought is, oh, I should get the door for them. And so I go to turn and turn around and, and, and go the other direction. But I'm moving this way and I go to turn the other way and the floor is slippery and my feet go completely out from under me and I go crashing to the ground, just bam, just on the side, just full on, not like a small fall, like a full on complete fall. And, and but I still, I'm committed. I'm like, and so I like crawl my way over to the door, pull up on it so I can get there and open the door for them. As though I was so helpful, it was obvious who needed the help. <laughs> And I think about that as much as, I, as I, I wanted to be a help to others, as much as I wanted to be a blessing, I was in much more need than I would ever like to admit in that moment. Perhaps today is a day that you would admit your need to God. Maybe, maybe you'd stop running from all the things that you're doing to try to somehow make yourself feel better. Maybe it's running to that relationship or that next relationship or to that job or that next job or to that addiction. Running to that image that you have to be perfect. Running to that, that flawed, distorted view of your own self-worth, thinking of yourself as so much less than what God thinks of you. Would today be a day that you would stop running? Would you allow yourself to be found, to be lifted, to be set on a new path with Jesus? Would you stop and allow Jesus to give you that gift? And in response, would you simply offer a life of gratitude 
and to join in the celebration of Thanksgiving that is Easter and is every other day of the year for those who know Christ. We've been given living water, but it's up to us to drink. We've been given that which will never perish, but we have to put down the perishable. My encouragement, receive the gift today. So on this Easter, if you want to step into relationship with Jesus or, or, or maybe return to relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you to pray this simple prayer with me. There's nothing magical about this prayer. It's not anything special other than it's a very simple prayer that says what our hearts often want to say to Jesus. And I, I would just encourage you to pray that with me at this moment as we receive this gift of Jesus in faith and trust him to lead us to life. So with that, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on a cross. And thank you for proving you have defeated death by rising on the third day. Today, I desire to make you the Lord of my life. I put you behind the steering wheel of my life. I trust what you say above all else. Would you forgive me of my sin and heal my heart? Holy Spirit, come and renew my life. Help me to live in response to your guidance. I realize that this is a gift I could never earn, so I receive it with great thanksgiving today and every day of my life. I celebrate that you are alive, Jesus, and I celebrate that you are alive in me. I love you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, uh, we would love to celebrate with you and congratulate you on starting that most important relationship of your life. And in fact, if you're just coming to faith or coming back to faith today, I want to encourage you to, to hit that little raised hand button that's on the screen. Uh, and one of our pastors would, would love to connect with you and help you with some next steps. And there's two important next steps I want you to be aware of right now. The first is baptisms. Baptism is the outward expression of the private work that Jesus has done and is doing in your life. It's, the, it's telling the world, this is who I love. This is who I follow. This is who I serve with my life. And uh, so we're, we're going to be having baptisms here at Cove Church in just a few weeks. So again, just reach out with that raised hand or connect to us online and we will get you all the info you need to be a part of bap uh, being baptized and be a part of our baptisms. Uh, secondly, I want to talk about Alpha. Uh, this is an, a great next step if you are just starting in your relationship with Jesus. Alpha is part of our small group offerings here at Cove Church. It's designed for those with questions about faith, questions about Jesus, questions about church. And maybe you're new to this whole thing. Well, Alpha is perfect for you. You can sign up for that and for all of our other small groups, you can do so online. And this is so important for every person who follows Jesus because we find that growth in our relationship with Jesus is often found amidst relationship with other people. So dive into that. 
and for everyone in, in our church, we want to encourage you to find your way into a small group, into those kinds of relationships. With that said, for all of us on this Easter weekend, my encouragement, friends, go and celebrate today. Rejoice today. Be thankful. Why? Because Jesus is alive and that makes all the difference. Happy Easter. We love you, Cove Church. Take care. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.